Welcome to another episode of Only the Brave Have Fun. This is your host Jazz Bear and today's guest is Ronsley Vaz. Ronsley is a speaker, an author, a marketer. He's also the founder of audio marketing agency Amplify, which focuses on giving brands a voice. He has an audience of over 3 million listeners in 133 countries. His podcasts, Bon Appetit and um, Should I Start a Podcast, have been done millions of times. He's also uh, author of the book Amplify, uh, which shows you how to raise your voice, boost your brand and grow your business. In today's episode, we'll be following his journey of uh, how he was, um, before starting his business, he was working as a DJ, a software engineer, a financial advisor, restaurateur, and a chef. And also we'll be exploring why you should start a podcast, who is it for, and what to do when starting out. Let's welcome Ron. Well, good morning, uh, Ronsley. Welcome to the podcast. I know it's uh, early for me in the morning. What time is it for you in Australia right now? Like um, 4.03 p.m. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> well, thank you for accepting the invitation to come on the podcast. You run a company called Amplify. Uh, you're the founder. Um, your podcasts uh, are listened to in over 133 countries with over 2.5 million listeners. How did you get there? <laughs> that's, a very, uh, that's a lot of people with uh, podcasts right now being the main thing. Yeah. You're the most, one of the most successful podcast hosts and founder. So what's, what's your secret? Well, there's no, there is no secret. I, I think, um, first of all, it depends on what your definition of success is. I mean, you know, someone who obviously has millions and billions of listeners, you know, what I have is nothing. Someone who has hundreds of listeners, what I get, what I got seems like a lot. But then you know what? I didn't monetize any of my audience for I don't know how long. Uh, so it does it really matter? I don't know. It, it it's all a matter of perspective, I suppose. To be honest, I just love having conversations, so that's why I accept it. Like I, you very rarely say no to <laughs> be to have a conversation. So I've just been having conversations, man, for the last six years or whatever, and I've clocked over nine hundred interviews. So it's just like um, I've just been doing that, and I think. Uh, you know what landed up happening as a result happened. I, it, I, I, I still don't know what my exact numbers are today, so I don't really look at those as much, to be honest. Awesome. So here's here's the interesting part, right? For people that don't know uh, Ronsley very well, before you were in the podcast game, you worked as a DJ, a software engineer, a financial advisor, restaurateur, and a chef. How how does one go through all of those journeys and then goes right? I'm going to do podcasts now. That's actually a really, really good question. Probably someone that I maybe have not spoken about before because it's been a recent understanding. I think I was just trying to find my voice. You know, I, was just, I just think I was just trying to be me. And I think I was just felt like as I was growing up, I never had one. Like I, you know, was told what to say, how to say it. Like uh, I grew up in India. So, you know, if you ask questions, it means you're questioning the whole system and they don't really take that <laughs> very well. So um, I, I think that I landed up here because I had, a, I had, a, I had an option to, to get my voice out, I suppose, or refine my voice or say something. And I think, uh, I think some part of me enjoyed that and some part of me was scared shitless as well. So uh, it made a good combination to keep going. And I was meeting some amazing people along the way. So I think it worked out well. 
in both situations. Was it more about I want to try something new and this is not for me, and then I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna be a chef, I'm gonna go into a restaurant no, business no, no. or? No, I I started I started um the podcast to promote my chef company, and then right. yeah I started the podcast to promote my chef company, and then I think four and a half months in I had like a million listeners, so all my business friends were like telling me to start help them start a, a podcast and. I was literally saying to them, take my Evernote folder and you know, you can do it on your own. And I didn't realize a lot of things. I didn't realize that the stuff that came naturally to me. Like I, I DJed for like over a year and a half. So all that audio knowledge was in my head. I was a software engineer. So all the technical stuff came easy to me. Like I forgot all that kind of stuff. I picked everything up quite easily and quite naturally. So I just assumed anyone could do it. And, um, and I just, as a test, I put out a training program for like eight people, two people I would do one-on-ones with and the rest of the six I would do a group with. And I think in a week I had 32 grand in the account. So I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, and then I just did did a whole bunch of training for like a whole, like, you know, groups of people so that I can kind of, and I'm I'm a purist, like I'm, I'm really after someone creating a platform that's unique to their voice and they actually you know, grow with it and they're creating a podcast to learn rather than teach and they don't feel the pressure that they should be the guru of everything sort of thing. So, and then in 2015, I started the first podcasting conference in the Southern Hemisphere. Actually, Andrew Griffiths, who used to be the, the book mentor here in, um, in Australia, he had breakfast with me one day and said, well, you know, why don't you create the conference? And I, and I was at the time kind of thinking, well, I'm a chef. Like I was, I was thinking of creating an event, but an event for like, food people um, or like healthy people looking, I suppose, towards health in, in some way. But, you know, that idea wouldn't go away. So in end of 2015, I started the first podcasting conference, which then led to me starting Amplify early 2016 in February, which then led to writing the book, which then led to us becoming, you know, a million dollar company in 2017. But that was like, I don't know, I keep saying it's, you know, overnight success that took 11 years to make. There's like so much of stuff that went into the background that, you know, we don't take credit for, I suppose. And that, that's what we're here to explore a little bit, right? It's, you know, podcasts now becoming really, really the thing right now. Uh, you know, what do you think? Where, where is it going? I mean, right now there's over 1 million podcasts registered on iTunes. Some are amazing, some are not so amazing. First of all, how do you make an amazing podcast? Uh. Well, it depends on a variety of factors, right? It depends on who you're trying to target. It depends on what kind of content you create. It also largely depends on what your distribution and marketing strategies for that content is because a lot of people think that once the content is created, it's done. But then they also think, (laughs) I think the worst thing about a podcast is that it's easy to do and the best thing about a podcast is that it's easy to do. So people land up creating generic type podcasts. And like I think the best way if someone's looking for the future of audio or looking to kind of predict uh, or as closely as possible, I suppose, is to look at what has happened with other forms of content, like look at what happened with blogs uh, when people were pointing and laughing at the bloggers. Then look at the YouTubers and look at when people were pointing and laughing at the YouTubers that you know, they didn't have really a job. Yeah. So that's, that's text and that's video and now audio, which is the only form of content where you can consume it while you're doing other things. And you think that everything is moving to like quicker, faster. Can I do it while I'm running or walking or mowing the lawn or whatever? So look at that adoption and, and look at how quickly voice 
commands have been adopted by the, the general population. Uh, it is six times quicker than the adoption of the internet. So, you know, that tells you a lot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't necessarily quote me on that. I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a, it's a stat that um, <laughs> I got from the Vayner, uh, Vayner deck. So I, I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's kind of close. <laughs> someone who's, uh, someone, you know, in, in your situation or someone who's like, oh, you know, a lot of people, when they start a business, they want to have those conversations. They want to meet influencers within their industry. And that was certainly the case for me as well. I mean, the whole, when I was, when I was doing my business plan, I said, my next move has to have the following things. And one of them was, I should be able to work with people. One of them was, I want to be able to connect with influencers, learn from them and really get thought leaders and, and people, very interesting business people from different areas. It'll be very nice to connect with them. And I didn't see any other method of doing that. And then suddenly podcast is it, right? They get a platform, I get a chance to speak with them and it was brilliant. And it worked both ways. I mean, someone who's looking to get into that, who should and who shouldn't start a podcast? Well, uh, again, like I, I have to preface everything, but I'm a purist. Like I still yeah. believe that, that you, start, you have to start a podcast for the right reasons. But I know for a fact that what we do is we give people a voice, which is, not, which is a thing that I think people take for granted. I'll tell you why people take for granted. I think when you think about people starting a podcast, they'll generalize and dilute it so much because they don't want to be judged by what they say. And yeah. it's a normal tendency because while we were growing up, we were told not to say things here and not to say things there. And if you stand out, then it's not a good thing. So, you know, all that programming just doesn't go away all of a sudden. So that's a huge, that should be a huge consideration when someone's starting a podcast that that it's supposed to be scary. <laughs> like it, it, and if it is, it means you're kind of on the right track. And, it, and, and I think a podcast is, is phenomenal, especially for the people who they believe in what they do. Like they, they have this belief in their system or their way being right. Not, not some fake made up stuff, right? Not, not some grandiose copying scheme from somewhere. It's not that at all. I'm talking about someone who started a florist in a certain neighborhood because they get to see someone smiling and or whatever. Like, you know, it's their yeah. thing, their reason for being, or they want to have the florist between, it only opens between nine and three so that they can go and pick up their kids, whatever might be the case, right? It's created for them and their thing. But those people, like those kind of people that really believe in stuff. So like when people come to us as clients, we kind of, make sure they understand it's not about starting a podcast. It's about adding voice to your brand. And it's a big difference because audio is audio. You can just strip audio from a whole bunch of video. But creating a platform where your voice gets heard by the right people is entirely different. Uh, and I'm not sure that answers your question or not. But I think what I'm trying to get at is more people are creating podcasts, more people are creating generic stuff, be different as much as I think you go out to create a podcast for whatever your needs are, whether it's connecting with people or creating content or aligning with you know, influencers, I suppose. I think it's really important to the exercise the other way around, like genuinely what is in it for them? Like how can I make sure that I make it as easy for them? Because to be honest, when someone's starting on a podcast, I mean, there's not many listeners. And it's not about the listeners. It's actually about, you know, I know that I was a person who cared about certain things and people gave me a chance. So I suppose in that light, but I'm not like 
I don't know how many people are doing that as well. So someone starting a podcast, like understand there's a lot of people that are just taking it lightly. So don't <laughs> do the exact opposite. Yeah, it's, it's a very powerful tool. And a lot of people, like you said, are not getting the, the message clear. They're not, you know, you get guests on, you want to make sure you give, you know, give them a chance to give, provide value. It's, it's just about give and take and really, uh, you know, make the content so good and then market it so well that, that that builds up the audience. Absolutely. Someone who's looking to start a you know, podcast, where do you think they should begin with? You know, when I, most, most people start looking and I, I did the same as well is where I started looking at the mic and, and the headphones and all of that. And I'm like, I'm going to go get that 2000 pound one, even though I couldn't afford it at the time. And, you know, I started using those, uh, you know, the, mic, um, the earphones that come with your phone, the, the wide ones. And the, the first two episodes, uh, the, they were so bad in terms of audio quality. Uh, <laughs> and then sooner you start to realize, oh, I should better invest in a better equipment. So someone you know, that comes to you, 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 you know, your company Amplify, so how do you start? What do you start? I know you're getting the message right as well. As well as that, take us through a bit of that journey. You know, how does someone comes, comes to you and says, you know, I'm serious. I want to do this. How do I start? How do I make sure that I become successful? I, I, I you know, start on the right foot. Well, the first thing we explain to them, even before anyone has a conversation with them, is that there are three main pillars and launching audio is only the middle pillar of the other. And, and the other two are so, is very, very important. Otherwise, I mean, think about how many, how many authors have books lying in their garage that no one ever reads, right? Yeah. Like that YouTube channels and like that there are blog posts and like that there are podcasts. So like they don't do that. So it's based, based on, on three pillars. The first pillar is marketing foundations and it's important to get the marketing foundations of the, of the business, of the platform, of you, of what you're creating first before launching audio. And then you use those, that as a platform to create the audio. And from that, you create a sales machine on the other side. So three pillars. There's marketing foundations, there's launching audio, and there's the sales machine. So this is for businesses, right? It's, this is specifically a podcast for business. So if the audio piece does not tick all the boxes, then it's not creating what you want it to create. And we've been doing this for a long time. We have the framework. It's, uh, and it's called, um, I can't remember, I think it's called the Amplify Checklist, but it's all broken down. You don't even have to opt in. It's like, it's all on the page. It breaks down the sales machine. It breaks down the launching audio part and it breaks down the marketing foundations. And basically, if you just want to launch audio, just use what's in that framework. Uh, if you want to start, right, you start with marketing foundations, which is basically finding out who your audience is. Not only who your audience is, but basically who you are, why you're different, who your audience is, and who your partners are. Then you figure, then you mold your brand, which is this, the second uh, part of uh, marketing foundations, which is creating, you know, look and feel, which is what, what do you go to a branding agency for? You know, like colors, fonts, logos. That's look and feel. But then add to that brand voice. What would that look like? So then you mold your brand and you create your ecosystem of your products, which is a lead magnet and you know, your email nurture sequence that leads into your sales funnel. Then you launch your audio. Then you have a system that works. But then once you have the audio, then what you do with the audio afterwards, you take that audio and you create, repurpose it into multiple ways of, of, of messaging. Then you take that messaging and you make sure you foster for engagement, not foster for sales. Everyone fosters for sales. Everyone kind of goes, I want the sale. I want the sale. But people actually want to know, want to engage with you more than they want you know, to buy from a salesperson, right? Yeah. And then finally measure. So 
like it's it's quite we know how it works with it works for for one on one people it works for groups it works for diy every single step uh and we know exactly how it's done and um you can just follow it yourself i promise you it works and and uh, and when you when you're um, inviting guests versus you know doing a podcast just with yourself you know you're recording your content i was speaking to someone uh, two days ago from america um, he's mr productivity uh, mark and he was right. he was talking about this and he said he didn't found any difference between uh, he had more engagement and more people connected with him when he was doing you know his own content rather than inviting guests he didn't see the difference that's what he was saying he had more listeners listening in in your view first of all you know what what difference does it make you doing your own content versus inviting a guest well it depends on who what, what kind of people you're after so for us in amplify our ideal people are the introverts the creative people that actually don't want to tell other people how good they are they actually want people to already know how good they are because of the stuff they do and it's already different so they are the creative people who feel like going to networking events is not really their thing they find themselves in the corner and all that kind of stuff so we know who our people are and for them they don't like to showboat and the kind of kind of say you know like I'm the expert necessarily so to highlight that that comes across in their interviewing skills like you can tell especially especially someone like me who've done so many like you know it, it's such a big difference when someone's prepared for an interview versus someone who's not and all those skills come into play when for our clients so they got to feel so you know the 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 idea of them doing their own stuff is the onus is put on them to come up with the content and the onus is on them to feel like the gurus if they have nothing important to say they don't create content so as opposed to that you kind of go well how about i become the student and even though i think i my cup is full how yeah. will i learn more and become the hub and become the so that's what the philosophy we follow so it depends on you know person to person and what works for them we've actually turned down people who decide to do do the other way versus uh this way because they're not our client they're not they, they're not someone that we know we can help for sure so right interesting wow and and in your own journey as well how how did you begin would you uh were you doing more of uh, at the beginning you were like i'm just going to go on and i'm going to create this show and share my content or was it more about how do i get this these specialists in food specialists in and talk to them about food and you know uh, you know different concept and recipes and yeah so what i was thinking was basically what i was seeing because we had the chef company which would cook for people in their homes right yeah. and we would see that childhood influences around food was a big deal and a lot of people who had the money knew but and also knew that they had to eat right couldn't cook for themselves or didn't have the time to go and buy stuff so you know how could we make it easy for them but i also realized that everyone had some sort of experience around food and if i could educate parents on their way to work that you know getting your kid a happy meal is not going to necessarily do them any good other than cement in their head that every time they feel sad they go get a happy meal if i could educate them around that and how important the, the childhood influences around food were then i don't know that was a start that's what i was thinking and i did it all myself man like i did the show notes myself did the reaching out myself like right now we're a team of i don't know 20 odd 
more than 20 people. I don't know. And I did everyone's job myself at one stage. And it, I would, it would go out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So it would go out three times a week wow. uh, okay. at eight o'clock. Yeah. And um, one day it was on the banner section of iTunes. And I don't know how they got that image. I don't know how it got there, but it was there for four and a half months. So that was pretty cool. And then you started two, huh? <laughs> Not even one. And our third one's coming out on the, on the 13th of September um, called The Psychology of Entrepreneurship. And, you know, it's like, it's all evolving, right? We all change and we all care about different things and we move on. And yeah, so. I think we, we do live in very interesting times, you know, where we have, you know, I, I really look up to podcasters uh, like um, Joe Rogan and um, there, was, there was another one as well. Um, uh, True Jody, I don't know, it's the UK-based ones. I don't know if you know, he's now started to invite other guests. He was a football specialist and now he's, he's inviting other people as well, guests as well. And it's all about having those conversations. It's much more interesting group of people moving away from radio and all of that. And now getting into discussions and, you know, how interesting, very interesting, how interesting discussions are becoming and really listening, people getting a voice and, and listening to ideas. And I want to slightly shift gears here. You do a lot of work with, uh, you know, Free to Shine. So you're not all, all podcast and that's a charity. To, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I think it's the same thing. I mean, it's not, it's not very different um, to what we do here. I mean, it's just a, we give a voice to Free to Shine to, because it's a message that is hard to talk about because sex trafficking for young girls is a, is a hard topic to talk about, especially at an event. So uh, Nikki Me, who is the founder and started it, you know, she actually gets told at events not to mention some of the stuff that happens in sex trafficking Rings and, and, and what it's a $40 billion a year industry. Wow. So it's an industry, which means it's like, um, you know, the supply and demand. That, like, you know, no one talks about how that is. So it's a voice, it's li- literally a voice for a voice. We kind of do our stuff for our clients and give them a voice. And we give this a voice because I think it's not something that is, is spoken about. And in, you know, every sort of thing that we do, we have a way to give back towards giving that, having that voice and, you know, having support go towards you know, the projects in Cambodia with Nikki and, and her team there. So um, I, I just think that in 2019, to, to imagine that, you know, a, a nine-year-old girl can be um, taken and brought out three times a day, um, and, you know, it, I, I, I don't think people understand what's happening. I don't, I don't think, especially when it comes to something like that. And, and we might think it doesn't happen in first world countries. It happens everywhere. It's just a deeper circle. It's a crazier circle. It's just like underground properly, but it happens. Yeah, I mean, um, even in UK, it's about a $200 million industry. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. And that's, that's a place with legislation. Can you imagine a place without legislation like Cambodia? So it just needs a voice, you know, enough people know about it, enough people will care about it, enough people will do something about it. So it's not much different at all. It's like everything we do, you know, uh, what's the point in saying something if it's not for a bigger purpose or a bigger movement? Sure, absolutely. And then what's, what's next for you? What's the next big thing for you? Well, you know, stay in the present as much as possible. Um, <laughs> thing for me, um, I think things are happening so quickly that, you know, um, 
it's easy to get caught up in the next big thing. It's also easy to get caught up in someone else's definition of success. So staying uh, in the present, you know, staying true to values, I suppose. It's, it's always, I mean, it's always a struggle, but I think it's important, especially when you're in the limelight, I suppose, in, in one way or the other, and people listen to what you have to say. So if I think that responsibility is, is another thing. I don't think people realize, I think when you get into it, you suddenly realize when someone comes up to you randomly and asks you like how your wife is doing and you never met them in your life before. And it's just like, oh man, people are listening to what I have to say. So I have to be responsible and I have to think about what I have to say. So <laughs> I think just being in the present, man, for me, I think that's my thing. We just signed a lease on, on studios here in Brisbane. So we're just getting work done. There's going to be, obviously, you know, Psychology of Entrepreneurship, a new show is being released on the 13th of September, Friday the 13th. Um, and then um, end of October, we have a live show going um, from down here every Wednesday afternoon. I mean, yeah, we're just creating content and we're just having fun and we'll see where that lands up. Here's a, here's a question that, uh, uh, you know, when you mentioned about the lease, it reminded me. Here's a question that uh, someone asked me to ask you. When it comes to, uh, you know, when, once you get, once you start rolling, once you take those first few steps, you know, you start getting opportunities come your way. So, you know, you have, you know, um, partnerships and, you know, um, advertisers on your podcast. How do you make sure you don't go down the road of, route of, you know, I don't want to use this word, but selling your soul to the devil? How do you avoid that and go, okay, this is for me and this is not for How do you pick and choose and whether you should go down that route um, at all? Well, I, th- I think I'm going to get a bit fancy and woo-woo here, but there is no wrong decision. You know, you, if, you, if you do something and you feel really rubbish about it later, don't do it again. And, and we put so much pressure on ourselves to kind of do the right thing and preempt everything. We don't know. We really don't know how we're going to feel after we do something. And sometimes we don't do something because we think we're going to feel bad or whatever after it, but it's the exact thing we need to do to move to the next step. So, man, I, I don't know. That's, a, that's, that's, that's what I think. I think don't label it as good or bad. Just take it as an experience. Just don't do it again if it feels rubbish. And, and I, I don't know. So it's really important to stand up for what you believe in. It's really important to stand up for yourself, like your your worth, your value, your thing, um, put your oxygen mask first, I suppose. And yeah, then everything is a learning curve from there. Like, you know, if there's no stoppage point, if you're just always learning and everything is new for you and you're always looking at things and going, oh, wow, that's awesome. Then, you know, tick boxes all around, right? <laughs> Absolutely. What's, what's, been your, uh, what's been your biggest lesson in, in your journey so far? Yeah. The builder and, and they will come is a dumbass saying. I don't know who, who coined that, you know, uh, builder and they will come is just something that I think took me a long time to understand. And even it was only when these people bought stuff before I created it that time that I told you that, you know, the six and the eight people that I took on my first training course that I realized, oh, you first sell it to them. And if they want it, then you go and make it. And I've done it ever since, you know, ever since that point, I've done it with the conference I did with the, with Amplify agency. It didn't have a name for its first eight customers. It didn't have a website for its first 21 customers. So that was a big learning, but also it, the goal is not important. Paul Dunn, 
I, you must come across Paul Dunn, who does B1, G1, and Masami Sato. Uh, buy one, give one is, is their movement. But uh, Paul Dunn is a guy that has a lot of wisdom. And he said to me a long time ago, he's like, it's not the goal that's important, but it's the person you become in the pursuit of the goal. So I thought that was pretty wise. <laughs> and um, I think those are the important things to pay attention to, both of those. Awesome. And, and we're just coming towards the end of the show. What would you like to say to the uh, listeners? Uh, what would you like to leave them with? Well, it depends, right? I, I know that they're, they're, they're 9 to 5. They're trying, is, is it that they're trying to escape the 9 to 5? Is that where they are? Yeah, absolutely. They, they want to pursue their dreams, uh, escape their 9 to 5 corporate cage, and uh, yeah, do something of their own. Well, here's what I'm going to say is, I mean, I was there. I, I literally thought of myself as a 9 to 5 person, and I'm not, I was not a born entrepreneur my dad always wanted me to take over the business and I never really thought it was a thing for me. Uh, that's why I left home when, <laughs> very earlier on. And, uh, but I always thought I was a, a nine to five person. And now my friends can't even imagine me in a, <laughs> in a cubicle or in a corporate job or whatever. What, what I want to say is here, the, 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 the corporate life or the job life or university and all the structures, right? They're created to give us some resemblance of control, which actually is an illusion. It doesn't exist. However much you try to control stuff, you can't control anything because anything can happen at any time and you can't control anything. So it's all an illusion, right? So that system of going to school and then going to university and then going and getting a job and then getting the house, that's all repeated. And it's really important to step out of that if you have the courage to or if you're brave enough to, because it's, it's, that's all you need is, is you need to be brave. And for the ones that are listening who have kids, I don't have kids, but I do say this to some of my clients. Um, imagine what it would be like for your kid to see you being brave while they're growing up. And I'll leave you with that. Awesome. And where, where can people find you, connect with you? Yeah, ronsley.com.au. Um, it's got, it's got everything on there. And yeah, I mean, I'm happy to connect with anyone. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for connecting. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Cheers, man. Happy to be here. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Only the Brave Have Fun with your host, Jazzbear. If you love this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Also, make sure you to visit www.jazzbearaurora.com to access the show notes. And if you are thinking about uh, starting your business, then take our Escape the 95 survey to see if you're ready. And don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening. <laughs>